Good to be here today. Uh, we are blessed to be your missionaries uh, in the jungle. And this was uh, the One Nation, One Day focus that uh, took place this last year. And I think we could give Jesus some praise, can't we, in the house for the amazing things that he's doing all over the world. And such a blessing to be the directors for those water wells, just insane, 35 wells in five days. Uh, God's so good. But our family has been working in the jungle for literally generations. And I have a picture of my parents. Uh, my mom is 79, my dad is 78, and it was the first time they made it to the jungle together in 15 years because of all the parts going out, you know. And they're, they're kind of like that farmer's insurance commercial, you know. They, they know a thing or two because they've seen a thing or two. And, and so they were able to share uh, from their wisdom of many years with our leaders in the Amazon jungle. And then also uh, the, the youngest in our family, little Declan, made it down at four months of age. He got his passport and he came to the jungle. So... You know, if you're younger than four months or older than 79, maybe you have an excuse, but anywhere in that range, uh, you know, we'd love for you to come and see the work. And then my wife was there, not only with Larissa, but one of my other daughters. Um, but earlier in the year, I just want to share about the project that we've given to this church to maybe come along and help sponsor. Uh, I was in this region, I'll show you this map, the Valley of the Avari, it's in Brazil, and it's in the area where three countries come together, Colombia, Peru, and Brazil. It's called the Tres Fronteras. And um, so we were there, and I was with the Kingdom Alliance, these Alaska crazy guys that can build a church in 12 hours. And so a lot of the churches that we plant in villages never need uh, a building because just a handful of families, they can meet in a home. But uh, sometimes we come alongside and help a village. Uh, we partner together. And so we were able to build three churches in six days. Man, it was just wild. So much fun. But when I was in this area, I got to meet some of these indigenous people. The Valley of the Avari... Um, has a number of not just unreached uh, people groups, but un they're actually uncontacted tribes. They've removed themselves from society, and the Brazilian government protects them. And it's been almost 50 years since missionaries have even gone into this area. So we can't go in there, but the amazing thing is that some of them come out to some of the key places where they do trade. And so we've set up shop right there. And uh, we're starting to see many of these uh, men come to the Lord. One was a chief from the Canna Marie tribe. I'll show you these spears. Uh, we got a picture of some spears that were given to me. And this Canna Marie chief, he told our evangelist, he said that uh, my father used this spear to kill people in battles. He said, but you've given us the good news of Jesus Christ. And he said, we are laying down our spears and we're taking up the gospel, this good news of Jesus. And so, yeah, and, and these men, they, you know, they were chiefs, they're leaders in their villages, and they, they want to be trained and equipped in the word of God. And so our project, we have a, a show you this building, this Maloka. You can maybe see some of the tribal people, but then this Maloka. This is what it looks like, little improved version with a metal roof that lasts a lot longer than the palm roofs. Uh, and... Uh, so to put this up, we can actually, about 80 tribal people can, can hang out, and this is like a lodging place for them, right by one of these areas, right across from Atalaya de Norte, where they can come, be trained, equipped. It's $6,000, and, and we've given that as a project here. I'm going to be going back to this region in January and February, and we're going to be doing equipping, taking medical dental teams, and just wanting to bless these tribal people. So thank you so much, uh, COTR Homer. Thank you for your love your prayers. We'd love to get you on a team in the future. And uh, man, God is doing amazing, wonderful things. God bless you.
Thank you so much. Uh, David, I just really appreciate uh, the tremendous uh, impact you've had through Church on the Rock and through your family and the, the impact you're still having here in Homer, all around the state, uh, and all around the world. So why don't we say thank you one more time, David Pepper, David and Larray. Thank you, guys. You guys all know him and love him. This is uh, Matt McCarter. He's the uh, missions director here at Church on the Rock, and he's going to introduce our next spotlight that we're hopping right into. Awesome. awesome. Thanks, Drew. Uh, so some of you may know this organization briefly, but I want to welcome up a really good friend of mine, John Darnell. Um, <clears throat> we've been blessed by this organization, and it's an honor to call this guy my friend uh, and just have him uh, be uh, part of our ministry here in Alaska. Um, and so some of you recognize this logo. Uh, if you could put that up, uh, Global Outreach. Some of you think that Steve Napier is Global Outreach in its entirety. Um, but that's not true. So can you tell us who Global Outreach is, really? Yes, and we're thankful Steve Napier, Stephen and Esther with Global Outreach, and you too, Matt and Maranatha, and Eric and Kat as well, um, the Rosebooms. Global Outreach is an interdenominational missionary agency based in Tupelo, Mississippi. We have almost 300 missionaries working in 48 countries around the world. So that's a little bit about who we are. That's amazing stuff. Uh, so what makes Global different, unique? Yeah. Well, as you notice, I, I use the word missionary agency. You know, a lot of times we think about missions agencies being like a lot of the great works we see here with a specific focus, like we just saw David talking about a specific thing that's happening in a specific place. So 50 years ago, our founders thought, well, hey, why don't we trust the missionary to drive the strategy on the ground? And our job as an organization is to come alongside those people and help them be successful. So I was in uh, Chiang Mai, Thailand earlier this year with uh, a missionary family working in Southeast Asia. And they spent 14 years with another organization working in Southeast Asia, then joined Global Outreach. And he said, John, I'm so glad Global is a missionary agency because you guys help take the brakes off and support us so we can be successful. We've made more relationships in nine months than in 14 years with our previous organization. Now, I don't know if that's hyperbole or not. Maybe he was just trying to make a point. I'm not sure, Matt. I'm not sure. I'm just quoting him. I'm just quoting him. I think it's true. I think it's true. Believe it 100%. But the goal being that we want to come alongside our missionaries. We want them to follow the Holy Spirit's leading. We believe they're experts in their context. So our job then isn't to tell them what to do or how to do it. Our job is to say, how can we help you and support you so that you're a healthy, thriving missionary on the field where you're working? So you take what happens in the U.S. or wherever the missionary is from and help propel them wherever they're going. Absolutely. And, and biblically, we believe the church is the sender. So sometimes they accidentally call us a sending organization just because that resonates and people know what it is. But we want to partner with the local church. Biblically, we see them as the sender. Come alongside them, a church like you guys, come alongside you with our intercultural experience and partner together so that we can help walk with the missionary on the field. So what are some of the nuts and bolts behind that? Yeah, well, I mean, as I think about what does it take for a missionary to be successful, I think about, well, they need to be prepared before they go. And there's only so, any missionary here is like, well, there's only so much you could do in that regard. But when, when Emily and I, my wife and I work in the home office of Global Together, and we were teachers by trade, one of the big things we saw was that in the past, you know, missionary kids were sort of like those cans dragging behind a just married car. You know, if you can imagine that image, everybody's cheering and there's the kids just kind of getting drugged to the mission field. 
And I mean, we had a five-month-old when we moved abroad. I wouldn't recommend that, by the way. But we had a five, and people were, you, <laughs> you've been there. <laughs> but um, people would say, are you taking the baby with you? I'm glad you laugh because, you know, I'm thinking, man, of course we are. But there's something there about the history of missions and, and how kids experience the field where we as an organization now are saying we want to invest in the whole family so that from the five-year-old to the 15-year-old, whoever is going on the field has some idea of can be somewhat prepared. So we want them to go prepared. We want them to stay effective. So we have a missionary care team that works with our missionaries in every region of the world to make sure they're getting the care and support they need. And lastly, you know, a lot of times we don't think about this piece, but we want them to return well. I was with a missionary this week who just came back after seven years in China, and he said, John, man, it was, it was harder to say goodbye to our friends in China than it was to leave the U.S., and sitting there just grieving that loss. So we want to help missionaries return well. So go prepared, stay effective, return well. That's so awesome and so crucial. I, don't, I think as a church, we don't see that, the need for that. This missionary is going so great. Send them. God's going to work. Uh, but there's more in being prepared by that. How do we get involved? How do we partner with Global as an organization, not just as an individual missionary? Yeah. Well, I think... You know, as an organization, I, I was thinking about Romans 10 earlier, you know, um, how can they hear, if, you know, how can they believe if they haven't heard? And how can they hear without a preacher? And how can someone preach unless they're sent? And you follow that back kind of Tupelo, Mississippi, <laughs> you know, in some ways, you know, for us. But I think in this, you as a church, as the biblical sender, are play a similar role to what we play. I mean, I'm sitting in Tupelo, Mississippi, trying to figure out how do I help that person in Homer, Alaska? Or how do I help that person in, you know, Brashoff, Romania, or whatever that is, I think prayer, and, and, and that's not just something I say cheaply. Paul writes in 2 Corinthians 1, you have helped me with your prayers. So pray like it matters, I think is something that's really important. If you're interested in serving with Global Outreach, we are back there in the corner. We have a strategic location next to Stephen Napier. So we're right there next to uh, Stephen and Esther. Come by and talk to us about what would it look like to take a team to serve a missionary or what does it look like to maybe be a missionary with Global Outreach? So we would love to talk to you. So they can partner with you to go serve Stephen, Nap Stephen Napier, Stephen Esther, as well as other missionaries. That's right. Our, our 280 missionaries around the world, I always ask mission teams, please go with the idea of helping the missionary because they're going to be there long after you're gone. So regardless of who you go with, please go and serve and uplift that missionary family so they can be fruitful for a long time. I, I tell you all the time that I'm probably your biggest promoter of global outreach. I find missionaries and tell them, hey, whoever you're, whoever's sending you, just dump them and come with these guys. <laughs> it's, it's so great. They've been such a blessing to us. It's, I'm so glad that you're here and that our church can be uh, more informed about what sending looks like. Yeah, absolutely. We'd love to talk to you more about that. We're proud to have you guys in our family. Uh, when I first came to home office, Matt and Maranatha were in the first training I got to be a part of as home office staff. So you guys have a special place in our heart and um, we're thankful for the work of Church on the Rock and just honestly the excitement of being here and seeing a church that's on fire for missions. So thank you guys. Yeah, amen to that. I'm Drew and Aaron. Thanks, guys. Oh, man. It's getting good. It is. 
Okay, let me give you just a quick uh, few details. These are the nuts and bolts of the next couple of days. I want you to do two things this morning, tonight, tomorrow, tomorrow night. Here's your assignment. Are you ready? Yes. You're going to need pen and paper for this. You're going to need to write this down. No, you're not. I want you to get connected to missions in a new way, missions and outreach. And I want you to give generously to missions and outreach this weekend. Um, we, uh, Drew, let's just take a pause for a second. Can you guys give it up for Drew, our uh, missions guy here at Church in the Rock? <clears throat> Is it fair to say you've put in a little leg work in the last couple of months? Yeah, yeah, so you've had a good workout. Uh, Drew and his team of phenomenally talented and gifted people uh, put on this conference so that you have an opportunity, an easier access to get connected with missions and outreach in a meaningful way. Uh, one of our goals is to bring a variety of different ministries and mission organizations that represent quite a variety of different kinds of work. Uh, and we want you to get to know uh, who's here and then get connected in a meaningful way with maybe one or two or more. Um, and then what we want you to do secondarily is we want you to choose now to give, uh, to choose to give and then let us know, let us and the missionary know what you're planning to do. So here's the crazy thing about being a missionary is that you are dependent upon the ongoing generosity of others. Um, how many of you here receive a regular paycheck? Just raise of hands. I know some of you are business owners. How many of you receive a paycheck? Right. So I receive a, uh, a check every two weeks that has the same number on it. And so I can plan ahead, right? I know that I can afford to buy ice cream for my kids next week because I know what the number will be on the check. It's fantastic. When you're in missions, many people don't know what that number will be. And one of the ways that you can help them plan is by letting them know what you plan to give. And what I mean by that, so we have these little pledge cards. These are spread all over the room. Uh, we have more at the info table, is that oh, correct? Yeah. Yep. And we have this pledge card on the app. If you go to the events tab, you can find the same form on the app. Yep. Uh, what we're asking you to do is if you're planning to give either a one-time gift or you're planning to give over the next uh, 12 months to any of these organizations or any other organizations, would you let us know? Say, I'm planning to give, uh, my name is Aaron, here's my email, I'm planning to give $25 a month to Amazon Outreach. That's what I'm gonna do this year. Yeah. And then what we'll do is we'll let Amazon Outreach know, we'll connect you with them, hey, this person has committed to give you $25 a month. In the grand scheme of things, I recognize that $25 a month doesn't seem like a lot. But I'm telling you that everyone here in ministry is living off of and able to do their work because a lot of people give $25 a month. Yeah, yeah. You know that in the kingdom of God, those who might seem the, the, the least significant in their giving, Jesus says, are the most significant. You have an opportunity to have a real impact. So if you're planning to give to missions, either at this event or over the coming year, what we want you to do is let us know that you're planning to do that. If you were already planning to give, let us know what you're intending to do. Mm -hmm. And then what we're going to do 
is we're going to compile all of the uh, giving and the plan giving, the mm -hmm. gifts and the pledges, and then we're going to celebrate that total giving on Monday night at the banquet. Yeah. And I want to tell you why we do that. Uh, we as believers have this uh, sort of difficult relationship with generosity because yeah. we know that we're not supposed to brag about our generosity. And yet if generosity is never put on display, young people don't learn about generosity. Right. So when you give generously, don't brag. We will brag for you. Yeah. Just like Paul in 2 Corinthians says, I have been bragging about your generosity. Yeah. Now don't let me down. I have talked you up. Now please follow through. Yeah. We love to brag on our church's generosity yeah. towards missions. Yeah. We love to celebrate what God is doing and also put on display the generosity of so many so that our young people are encouraged to become a part. Yeah. Okay? So, what else do we need to know? Quickly. So, there's uh, all around, there's one page, a little summaries. It has all the organizations on one side, the schedule on the other. There also, as you were coming in, was booklets getting handed out. That's right. So, I just want to name out for you guys real quick all the organizations we have with us. Uh, for the weekend. Okay, so, here we go. Alaska Bible Institute, Alaska Village Mission, Amazon Outreach, Arctic Barnabas, the Bonnet Family, Breaking Chains Network, the Brinkman Adventures, Carry the Cure, Child Evangelism Fellowship, Cornerstone Counseling Clinic, we got Cultivate Discipleship, Himalayas with Tyler and Tony Webster, we got Free Burma Rangers, Karen Eubank, uh, we got Global Outreach, both with the Napiers and uh, Bob and John, Impact Ministries, Lost Children of Peru, Love Inc., M-A-R-C Missions, Paul Wig, Partners Relief and Development, Safe Families for Children, Salvation Army, Send North, Set Free Alaska, Water's Edge, previously uh, Pregnancy Care Center, YWAM Arctic Mercy, and then also uh, Jessica Peachling, previously Jessica Davis. So what I would like to do is if you're with any of those organizations, would you please stand? And Church on the Rock Homer, would you give them a wild, warm Homer welcome? Thank you guys so much for coming here. Our theme for this year is endurance. That's right. And for many of the missionaries who are here, the representatives, yep. the large majority of them have, have gone through some of their biggest challenges to date. Yeah. So I just want to say... Thank you so much for being here. Hey, if you want to go to the banquet on Monday night, make sure you get your tickets. You can do that through the app. Um, if you can't make that work or you can't figure out how to access the tickets via the app, find someone 14 or younger. They'll show you how to work the app. Uh, but purchase your tickets. Uh, we sell out that event every year. Uh, so if you want to be a part of that, uh, buy your tickets now. That's on Monday night. Yep. That's when we'll do kind of our big final celebration. Yep. And we're almost sold out. We have 200 seats and we only have like 30 or 40 seats left. Yeah. Not a whole lot. So, so I, I would just ignore what's happening next and get online and buy your tickets. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Okay. Uh, our next guest, uh, I'm very excited about this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we connected with their ministry a few years ago for the first time. Yep. You and I actually last night yes. were watching some videos about their ministry Yes. and finding ourselves speechless yes because this is the real deal yes 
they're really laying it all down and going after it in a way that is, is compelling, yeah. it is convicting, mm -hmm. uh, it's just phenomenal. Um, I want to tell you that our next guest, their work uh, is on the front lines of global conflict. And so some of the stuff that you're going to see uh, might seem a little intense. So uh, when, you, when the videos go, if you're sensitive to that, uh, maybe just uh, hold on to the hand of the person next to you. <laughs> Uh, but without any further introduction, uh, with Free Burma Rangers, would you guys welcome up Karen Eubank? There's no promise of justice on this world. There's no promise of a safe way out. In fact, we're all going to die. And so the question is, how are we going to live? A small band of volunteers risking their lives to help victims that are caught on the front lines of the war on terror. We're in ISIS territory, surrounded by them. Where's my role? I want to be where I'm most needed, and I feel that's where people are being attacked when they're in trouble. As a mom, I used to call my vocation fear management. I feel God saying, as crazy as it seems, this is the path I have for you. Lord, should I do something? Can I do something? I just felt go. Evil will not triumph. It's kind of light. That's great. Thank you. I'm Karen Eubank, and uh, thank you so much for your prayers. So many years of prayer journey with us. Uh, this video describes a lot. My husband, Dave, started the Free Burma Rangers 25 years ago. He combined a military experience with a missionary heart to bring help, hope, and love to families displaced in war zones. And so as a family, we've gone together with local teams to Burma, Sudan, Iraq, and Syria. My daughter, Saheli, she's the oldest, she's 19. She's not here right now because she's on a gap year between college and high school in our camp in Burma, working with kids programs and at the clinic. Another daughter, Suzanne, she's 16 or 17. She was uh, representing F our organization at a prayer gathering tonight in Washington, DC. And so she just left for that yesterday. And I'll share about Dave. He wanted to be here. He's responding to the needs of the Kurds right now. Um, but Peter will introduce himself. Hello, my name is Peter Eubank. I'm 13 years old. And on the mission trips in Iraq and Syria, I help my mom with her kids program and food and water distributions. And in Burma, I help lead the horse and mule teams. And as the theme of this year was endurance, I thought if you're ever working in a situation that isn't the best or kind of a hard place to work, you always have to ask God for more endurance to help you be kind and loving to the people around you. And what are you wearing? Oh, and I'm wearing a traditional outfit from Syria. This is what most of the men wear. It's called a dish dashi. And I am actually wearing a traditional outfit that Syrian Kurdish leaders would wear, uh, women, and it's very modern and contemporary because they are attempting to put together a progressive government that includes Christians, Muslim, Arabs, and Kurds. Um, so you can, thank you. 
as this mornings and the theme of this Church on the Rock conference in Wasilla and in Homer is endurance, I was wanting to give a message of encouragement, encouragement for endurance. And yet, as I thought about what would be encouraging, I realized it needed to be encouraging to Syrian friends right now, or Kurdish friends who are facing attack and facing displacement also, if it's going to be relevant. So I was in SeaTac about 10 days ago at the airport working on what I would say. And I looked up and I thought, well, all these people, I mean, really all of us have situations of attack and discouragement in our own lives. Just this time last year, many of our friends in Malibu, California had lost their homes due to the fire. And then there's our normal run-of-the-mill issues, our, our lives of financial distress or relational distress. Uh, maybe even more subtle ones like discontentment or indifference. We all need encouragement, whether we're in a war zone or whether we're right here. So the best thing I can do is to go to Scripture as to what can we provide. And I think early on in our life, as I took kids into the field, in the jungle, amidst lots of questions of better judgment, I was able to rest my sanity on the passage in Matthew where Jesus says, don't be afraid of people. They can kill you, but they cannot harm your soul. Instead, you should be afraid of God who has both the body and the soul. And that gave me encouragement that we need to focus on the eternal. And all these things, we see that the soul is worth our attention. And we're here in church today because we believe that the soul is worth our vigilant attention. And then we go to ministry because we believe we want to encourage other people. You have to prioritize the soul over the body. So in that light, as far as our ministry, this spring we were in Syria uh, after being on mission in Burma to displace communities. And so in Syria in the spring, we responded to the needs of families coming out of the last stronghold of ISIS in Bagus on their way to a hall refugee camp. And Suzanne and Saheli made a video about that. Following that, we'll see, is a message from Dave, where again he greets us and wants to be here, but he needed to respond to the current situation in northern Syria, where Turkey has defied an international border and crossed over and attacked the Kurds in Syria as he feels that they are an ethnic group threatening to him. Our team went, Dave combined with medics and our ethnic, our ethnic uh, team from Corinth State, Burma and Kitchen State, they have medical skills and journalism, photography. So they have been helping out with families who've been hurt and injured by airstrikes, by artillery, by ground troops, and as well as setting up a distribution site for families who need emergency relief supplies. And so we can watch the next two that describe and illustrate that a little bit more. Hi, my name is Suzanne Eubank, and this year in February and March 2019, the Free Burma Rangers worked with the Syrian Democratic Forces to feed and treat wounded ISIS families as they fled Bagus, Syria, the last stronghold of ISIS.
we were able to provide blankets, medicine, and food to those who were fleeing. When I first met Rehad, she was laying on the ground just after fleeing Bagus, and our medics were treating her. Even though she had very severe burns, she was still smiling and occasionally would laugh with me. Her mother was also very grateful for all the help that we gave her. As I was loading her into the bus, I remember how I was scared that I would never see her again and how much I had actually grown to love her. I remember, as we said goodbye, her calling out my name and giving me a kiss on the cheek, and I started to cry. Nineteen April 2019, we're here in Bagus, Syria, the last stronghold of ISIS. Right here is an IED factory. You can see right here, suicide vest, all live, ready to go. And then you see the factory itself, and you look over here, this is where families are all in these holes, all the way around. This is dead bodies under that there, families all here. And up on top of that mountain, you see the flags now of the SDF and YPG. We were all up there. Here's more IEDs wiring, other explosives, small arms factory where ISIS dealt deaths and destruction on other people and finally on themselves. What's your name? My name is Khadija. I'm David. Okay. And where are you from? Uh, I'm from Germany. You're from Germany? Yes. God bless you. Yes. In Jesus' name. Okay. What do you want to do now? Do you want to go home or do you want to be here? No, I don't. You want to stay here? Yes. Why? Um, what I do in Germany. You want to start a new life? I can also start my new life. Okay, you want to live here? <laughs> I don't know what to can with for my future. I don't know. No, I can I don't want like anything. Uh, not with my husband. Okay, I understand. I, 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 have I want to make with him together, not right. alone. Right. When we were in Alhal camp, a lady came up to me and started kissing me and hugging me, and I didn't recognize her until she introduced herself as Rahad's mother. Later, Rahad's mother was able to bring her from the hospital she was staying at so she could come meet us. We could only spend a few moments with her before we had to leave and she had to go back to the hospital. I hope that someday Rahad will be able to walk again and we'd be able to see her in her home in Iraq. Do a little drama and give a little gift. So is that okay if we do that for the children here? <laughs> This kid from Bulgaria. Uh, he came out from Bagus, from New York. There, uh, his parents died.
civilians. My dad and some of our team were wounded and some were killed. The evil of ISIS must be stopped. At the same time, we need to show Jesus' love and forgiveness, especially to the children, like Rahat. Thank you to everyone who supported and prayed for us on this last mission, so we could help people like Rahad and the orphans in Al-Hal camp. Love not of me, come hold us up, come set us free. So thank you for praying. I know many, many have people already have told me, we pray for you and we're with you and we follow that situation. Um, so what, what can you do? It's just it's tragic and it's difficult. And yet we also know that our own lives are full of those situations, our own ministries. This room is full of ministries of people who are out putting the soul before the body and doing everything you can to put eternal into people all around you. So pray. We pray without ceasing because it's not a burden to pray without ceasing when you care about something. That's not hard. We also encourage people our citizenship is in heaven. We don't come as Americans. We come as Christians who have a higher hope in Jesus and join with Christians who are in the Middle East already. This is where it started. And uh, to claim that higher citizenship. What can we do when things are so difficult? I think I, was, I gravitated this weekend mostly to Jesus' words in Revelation 3.20, where he says, Here I am, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and dine with him, that person, and they with me. And that's such a beautiful picture of intimacy, where Jesus comes exactly to our place. And he's done two things, given us his hope in our hearts, as well as given us an example and as an example of him coming into my life specifically, I mentioned in that first video that my vocation I felt is sometimes fear management. And it is true. Every day I wake up, especially when Dave and I are apart, and wonder what kind of message I'm going to get on the phone or through the years. What's happening with the kids? What's going to happen to me? Uh, and he's helped me in three ways. I find, especially last weekend at the church conference in Wasilla, that God was demanding my attention. He was putting it in places that I couldn't avoid his voice. And the music was loud, and I listened to Kelly Brick many times, just almost to me, pouring it into me. We sang the song over and over, and I wasn't in charge of the worship list, but that song, you will make a way where there is no way. You have moved the mountains. And I literally could see the openings that God has done in the past and that he was doing as Dave and the team are driving their ambulances through riots or through gunfire. He has made a way where there is no way. And I was grabbing everybody's prayers and sending them all there uh, as, you, as you are doing. I also have felt Jesus say, Important things about fear, I read streams in the desert, and he says, do not be afraid, as in the commandment, do not be afraid. 
We often take seriously, do not kill, do not steal, do not commit adultery. But do we take do not fear and do not be anxious as seriously? Because it's toxic and it'll destroy you. You don't entertain it. You don't serve it or imagine things. Lastly, I have a bracelet and I've engraved on it myself. Practice resurrection. Resurrection is not for the day when you just need to feel better. Resurrection is for the days when things are dead and you have lost. Seriously, you have lost things. And I know in all of our lives, our relational despair is often worse than our vocational despair. No matter what things we're doing on the outside, it's the inside war zone. And I've been devastated by close loss of close friendships. And it doesn't matter the fighting out there when you're dying inside. And I feel... Looking at resurrection every day reminds me Jesus is the only one that offers it. Around the world and the world religions, no other God offers resurrection, and no one else can deliver resurrection. So we claim that, again, as we pursue the eternal. In setting an example for us through that passage in Revelation, Jesus says, go and be with the people. Go in and dine with them wherever they are. The very beginning of our ministry a uh, couple years into it, I felt Dave was on his way. He had his calling. He's a great speaker and encourager. And I thought, what am I doing here? I was a special ed teacher, and now I'm someplace in Southeast Asia. And I would go into villages, and I would look at the kids, and they would look at me, and I would look at them, and they'd look at me. And I'd feel God say, or not God, Satan, saying, you can't even do the things you're good at. You can't even get into this kid thing like you thought you could. And so I cried out, what am I supposed to do with myself out here? Um, God answered. He said, I'll give you a job description. But it's nothing that you can put in a folder. It's not going to be to build an orphanage or to design a vacation Bible school curriculum. Two words. And it'll consume you, but it'll be the simplest thing you've ever done. And that is just be loving. He said, you'll know what that means when you go someplace. If there's a group of ladies sitting there and you don't know the language or don't know them, go sit with them. Go sit in the middle. They'll talk about you. They'll have fun. What does it cost you? If I see a bunch of kids playing, doesn't matter if super, you know, parents are not supervising your program. Just go roll the ball or take them to see the chickens or whatever. God said, this is between me and you. I'm speaking in your heart and you'll know what I'm asking you. If you're at home and you're placed in Chiang Mai, though, it means if someone drives up just as you're ready to go out for the day, you have to stop. You have to stop and visit. If you're at the grocery store and they've asked you for the 15th time, why did you move here and what are you doing? You have to answer nicely. Long, complete sentences, Karen. <laughs> you're not allowed to be anonymous. So be loving. Get in there. Um, I feel like... We've got that example of pursuing the soul over the body, and we've got Jesus' words that he will come, and he will meet us and join and dine with us. And uh, we finish with Isaiah's call to action, as also put in Luke 4.18. And it says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon all of us. He's anointed all of us to proclaim the gospel to the poor, sent us to proclaim liberty to the captives, sight to the blind, freedom to the oppressed, and the year of the Lord's favor. When I read that gospel to the poor, I'm reminded about the first time I was surrounded by a village of children. It was just an overwhelming group, and it was overwhelming in their need. It was so, it was heavy as I was trying to do something happy. I just was 
overwhelmed by the needs there. And I was saying in my mind, God, I cannot take care of all these kids. I couldn't even take care of one of them, really. And I felt Jesus saying, you're right. You can't, but I can. Introduce them to me, and I will give them abundant life. I thought, really, how does that work? I don't see how that's going to work. And God says, that's not for you to see how it's going to work. Your job is just to introduce them to me, and I will give them abundant life. Fast forward many years, we were in Kachin State in Burma, and it was a group of refugee kids who had come together, and we were having a wonderful kids program, and it was vibrant all day long. Gave them wonderful bracelets made by Child Evangelism Fellowship, which is an amazing ministry. I think it's here. Um, And many of these places also, I'll say, we've been with partners, Relief and Development. They've been side by side for so many years. But we gave those gospel bracelets, the five colors, to the kids. Next year, we came back to that same place, but the Burma army had been there, and all the kids and families had had to evacuate, and the village was like a ghost town. It was silent, and as I went into the little dorm room, which is kind of a bamboo structure where the kids would sleep on either side of the uh, aisle, all of their clothes, all their stuff was just strewn all over the place. Everything was just, it was havoc and destruction. It was wreaked on this little dorm place of children, and in the dirt, I saw a bracelet, and I picked it up. And I thought, God, what is this? I I promised them abundant life, and they've gone. And I felt Jesus say, thankfully, he answers quickly. He said, you got there first. They may not have taken the bracelet, but they took the message. You've half-stepped it. You've gone ahead. Always do that. Stay a step ahead. Don't lose your endurance for these things that we've given you to do. I feel like in mission... God calls us to those that are calling him. We're sort of a switchboard operator. Somebody out there is reaching out to God, and we may not reach the masses, but there are people who are calling out to him. In this last trip in Syria in May, we went to a school to do a kids program, and it was a very conservative Muslim school. Even the ladies, who were very fashionable, were only exposing this much of their faces, and they had very fashionable gloves and socks and were all dressed up, so it was pretty, pretty strict. At the end of the time, we offered, Dave always offers Bibles to the teachers. We have a teacher group in front of us, encourage them and say, does anybody want a Bible? And one teacher said, yes, I would like to have a Bible. So God was already moving in his heart, reaching out for something. Later, he sent Dave a text, and it says this, which if you've been in Muslim communities, there's a certain way that they share about God and a certain way that you wouldn't expect. And so this said, after thanking for us for coming, ISIS is horrible and has zero respect for human life. Thank God we have FBR to seek justice and the safety for all. May the Lord continue to direct your steps. May God's protective hand continue to cover you, your team, and your family. Thank you for answering the call to fight for people trapped in dangerous, oppressive, and evil situations. May God continue to use you on all the field and in the media as his ambassadors of grace, mercy, love, truth, and power. All glory to him. Still pray for you and your team. I look forward to the day we will all get to meet again. That is not typical Muslim language. That is God in this man's heart. God calls us to meet with people who are calling out to him in the same way. So I feel like endurance is a long process of joining the things of the uh, of prioritizing the things of the eternal, 
of meeting, God meeting us and us meeting with them and all in a walk of thankfulness for his faithfulness for so many years where he goes, where he calls us to go, he goes before us. And I can see it in my mind's eye as I see the medics and the patients. Jesus is there in the clinic as they're fighting for life. I see Jesus steps ahead of the rangers in Burma who are trying to lead families out through the jungle to safe places. I see Jesus steps a front of the, in the firefights where Dave and the team had run behind the tank, or even now as the ambulances are leaving out with these cities under siege. Jesus steps are before me as I'm in cities, Muslim cities of Raqqa or Membij, where you're not supposed to talk about Jesus, but I can share the gospel through those five colors in the gospel bracelet. So we declare his faithfulness in the past and we proclaim it in the present. As we sing these songs, these praise songs, take every one and you declare what he's doing in the future as well. And I will close with a carol, a Christmas carol as we're coming up on the season of Emmanuel because Emmanuel is probably my favorite representation, my favorite reality of Jesus because he is with us. And the words of it say... Come, thou long-expected Jesus, born to set our people free. From our fears and sins, release us. Let us find our rest in thee. Israel's strength and consolation, hope of all the world art thou. Dear desire of every nation, joy of every longing heart. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. So, I know it's hard to believe, but this is only the beginning. There is so much more yet to come. So, a few things to know uh, for right now. First off, pledge cards. If you fill out a pledge card, you can take it and put it in the offering. If you're intending to and you haven't done it yet, I just encourage you again. You can do that with the physical paper. They're all around your seats. There's some of the info table right outside the doors. Also, you can do it on the app, on the website. There's a link on Facebook. It's everywhere. So, you can do that. Um, secondly... The kids, if you have kids, get them right away and bring them out. They're going to have passports. As a reminder, they have to go.